0: And it's Dan and James talking about the Villa, the, Villa, the Villa, 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 Villa games. games. Hello everybody and welcome back to the AVFC Faithful Podcast, joined as always by Dan and James. This week running through two Villa games. One, just a mere, well, not even half an hour after the game has finished. Aston Villa 2, Legia Warsaw 1, in what can only be described as the weirdest set of circumstances to probably be out before a game. Um, This close I was, James, to go in this week. This close. And I yeah. was like, you know what? I'll leave it because I do remember the Facebook post of Leggy Warsaw fans saying there's gonna be two thousand of us turning up and um well they turned up. But so did Villa, didn't they, James? Yeah, they did.
1: Uh, a good a good win, which was needed through to the knockouts. Um I was saying to you just before we, we come on to record. It's sort of like so, slightly felt frustrating we didn't get that third goal, but You know,
0: job done um, and it's on to Bournemouth now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think so. I saw a tweet as well. Someone said, you know, the joys of being able to come away watching us win again and going, well, I'm not totally happy with that performance. I mean, we can really say that about Sunday as well as today as well. I mean, we'll obviously cover a bit of uh, the Tottenham game as well. Uh, Later on, we'll we'll obviously focus on Legge because that's fresh in the mind. And um, I mean, it just... So far, it's a... I mean, it will on Sunday and it's a 10 out of 10 week, isn't it? Because this is exactly how we needed this game plan to go. Um, I mean, this... And um, people listening to this uh, for a while will know I clearly don't write notes for a podcast. Um, and people listening now, uh, I don't write notes for a podcast. Um, but for the first time in the first, like, 10, 15 minutes, I was typing notes up. I was like, oh, I'll chat about this. This is what I'm seeing Um, and that's your fault uh, for making me pay more attention to football Um, (laughs) but it was and um, I am using my phone for this uh, weirdly open for the first five minutes and then for the subsequent 15-20 minutes up until um, Lega equalised it was it didn't feel like either team had properly set up until the second half it feels like both teams were half set up and then half just all over the shop I mean they came out and dominated around our box for the first two or three minutes and then, you know, we, we make the breakout and, uh, all right, the bounce, you know, the, the tackle comes back to, um, I want to say, it goes to Kamara. Telemans T- played that T-Lemons ball and, for and then played it to Cash. Who then?
1: The... T- I know Telemans played the ball through to DRB. I can't remember who it was bouncing around off before that. I know,
0: it, obviously it went, it sort of triangled between a legate player. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, goal is exactly why we've signed moves to Diaby isn't it just um it is. And uh, yeah exactly that exactly and, and I think we're coming to it later but obviously you know Tielemans made a, a a great cameo on Sunday as well and um that seems to be a really big reason as to why he was brought through because that the passing he's got is so much better than what we're probably used to and um it's a brilliant ball down and wow Unfortunately, I had the goal spoiled for me because I was a few minutes behind. But um, I kind of knew it was coming, but still, I didn't know how it was coming. And uh, I just just overjoyed with the way that he scored that because I think as as much as people have probably spoken about, it, but the RB uh a bit quiet recently, I think would be fair to say it doesn't mean he's not been performing well. It just means he's not probably matching the output he wants to match and what you know probably wants from him. And you know he is he has been first to come off a couple times recently. So um. I mean, it was great for him to bag, weren't it?
1: Yeah, it was. It was It was trademark RB really. Um, a lovely ball for him from Tielemans that was weighted and directed perfectly. DRB cutting in and he just puts it, you know, where it needs to go. And I think the the defender made the wrong choices. As soon as he faced RB up-facing the corner flag, DRB was always going to wrong-foot him. So it was really poor defending. But then the finish was great, you know, hard and low. And a good start to the game. Um as you said, they started pretty well. We just had to be patient to get the ball, and we you know, we started fast in that sense. But yeah, it was it was a bit of a slightly cagey, slightly open game. It was really strange. There was I think you could see that there was like quite a bit at stake for both teams tonight that they both wanted yeah the win. Um I don't think there was ever going to be a draw tonight. It was it was gonna be one way or the other, I think.
0: It was um yeah, I, I think. The hot, it's hard not to talk about this game without talking about obviously the, the issues beforehand, but um, it's hard to imagine that probably doesn't play a bit on, on all the players. I mean, you know, could you imagine going away to arguably, well, it's not arguably, it's factually one of the most informed teams at home in world football and not even having your away fans in the stadium because they're off in the car park kicking off and assaulting police officers? Um, it, it probably played on everyone's sort of mind and the atmosphere started really heavy. I mean, uh, appreciated the who I, uh, um, empty seats, my Lord, and shall we sing (laughs) a song for you? (laughs) Quite enjoyed that for the first five minutes. Um, But uh, I mean, it must've been strange for everyone involved. And obviously it sort of fell a bit flat afterwards. I think you put that part of the tweet, you know, that's sort of how Europe's been for us. You know, we, we start quite well or, you know, things go a bit and then it sort of flattens off and dies off a bit. And, we sort of meander towards half time and, um, yeah, it, it just didn't feel like a game we sort of grabbed hold of until the second half. And then as soon as we did, it, we did, um, a special note sort of goes out for, for players like Longley. Um, again, I, yeah. I think, he, I think his range of passing is really good. I think he's such a good, um, extra option to have as well on, on the bench as well. And for him to come into these games, give, you know, power night off is, is always great. And, uh, I mean, yeah. look. If if we segmented this video, I think we have to talk about it because it's just going to make us both smile. But Alex Moreno's back.
1: Yeah. Oh, what a handsome, handsome man! <laughs> he was just—he was really good, wasn't he? I mean, considering you know he's not so sharp and he's been out for so long, the the dynamic was back. Yeah, he's he's just so different to Dean. He'll make that running behind constantly, or he'll be on the ball and he'll try and beat his man two, three times, yeah. which he did. You know, that that one attack in the first half, put it round the player and ran onto it himself. He was just, I think he just put a bit too much on it. But you don't get that from Dean. You, no. From Dean, you know, an almost overlap. So he can put the ball in um, or he'll come back. So it's, yeah, it's so different. but so great to have him back. And I mean, you know, to cap your return with a goal and a really well-taken goal because yeah. the ball was slightly behind him because of how he curved his run. So He sort of had to manufacture that weak foot finish. And, you know. Ends up in the back of the net, and it's just so good to see him back and his first goal for the Villa. So hopefully, we we see more of him, um, more of him there. And I'm not sure what part he'll play on on Sunday, but I expect he'll see maybe 15, 20 minutes against Bournemouth.
0: Yeah, you you sort of expect to see him play a bit part against Bournemouth, and then play uh, in midweek next week, wouldn't you? Really, you'd think that'd probably be more so his game. Uh, you saw the differences as soon as D, the DNA change happened. I mean the the, the standard change that we were used to last season. But, um you know, a couple of balls were played up to Digne and obviously he'd take that side foot back in to, you know, slow it down and wait to see the hook ball in. um And then those are the changes. Those are the differences we see. Obviously, sometimes that really does work, um you know, but I mean, on top of the goal as well, just the way that that set piece works is so good. And we had two set pieces afterwards, very similar free kicks. Um, both with the system of having McGinn just standing offside and then, you know, showing that gap of where the ball is gonna go and still playing the ball in. Baffles me that it happened three times in a row. Like he does it three times and it just happens still. Um, you know, a big big shot obviously has to go to McPhee there because that is a very well-worked set piece. That I mean, how much slagging off did he get during the Gerrard era for, you know, nothing happens from set piece, and it's almost as if. We can't judge a lot of people by the Gerard era because, um, right. you know, otherwise we wouldn't have Douglas Luiz playing for us anymore, would we? So, um, it's a great set piece. Uh, I think to be honest with you, if he doesn't score, it's probably a penalty on Duran as well because Duran's making that ball if he isn't fouled. So, um, that shows the fact that the set piece is a perfectly worked set piece and it's got people, if if the ball goes through, you know, it still collects through. And, um, yeah, oh, it's just, it is just great seeing him back, and obviously. Ramsey comes on later on as well, and their dynamic is back—not for too long, obviously, because Moreno comes off. But seeing those two on the pitch again at the same time, I mean, how long have we yeah. been talking about it on here? Wanted to see that left-hand avenue back up, and yeah, it was great. I think I don't, I don't, I don't like touching on any negative. I don't really think it's a negative, to be honest. It's just something like I noticed. Um, we both are big fans of uh, Jean Duran and watching him play football. Um, I think he was hampered a lot in the first half by. A lot just wasn't being played into how he gets played into. He doesn't drop in and receive the ball there. He plays in behind a lot more, or it's a bit more direct with him than it is with Ollie. Uh Watkins obviously uh reported as having a slight injury, so they just didn't bother risking him because we, we need him <laughs> so much for yeah. the next few weeks. Um, but obviously he he doesn't the problem is is he's got such a big yardstick to to measure up against in Ollie Watkins, that it, it's almost unfair to expect him to meet the output in the same level he does. But it did feel like at times that we were trying to play the Ollie Watkins way with Duran there. And it's just obviously not happening yet because how often do we play with Duran and no Watkins, for example, in a whole game? So um it was just something I found interesting was, was the dynamic with him. Um He still had chances. He still got on the ball a lot. Uh, he still managed to foul people a lot, which I love. Um, he still mm. managed to just do a bit of silly movement and you know a few tricks and stuff like that. And there was one where he gets the ball and runs it, and you know manages to go all the way to the byline, gets fouled, but still backheels it off the Tielemans, I believe it was. So, um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I'd interested to see what you thought about uh Duran today and sort of the way we sort of played around him.
1: I think I think he's uh, he's got a really good future ahead. I think he needs some patience. He needs a lot of coaching, he needs experience. That's what he needs. He needs to play like as much as he can um, without, you know, getting in the way of uh, of Watkins and him doing his job first. If we can get games, you know, wrapped up relatively early, 70, 75 minutes, uh, and we can bring him on, uh, who's someone different to Ollie, then I think that'll, that'll help him. Um, and these opportunities as well, where he's getting to start, will help him, I think. I think he looked really tired at times. I think you can tell that he, you know he doesn't play regular ninety minutes, yeah. which you understand. Then, but yeah, he's, he's got something about him, and he looked very quick tonight. He looked very quick. Yeah, um, this, we all know, we all saying, know he's the strong. First,
0: the first ball that gets played in behind him, I, yeah. sorry, I only know it's because someone notes. Um, but that ball that gets played behind him by Douglas Lowes, he had no business making that, did he? And he, he gets onto it. And, and lucky again. There was a good save to be fair, but. Um, yeah, you don't yeah. realise how quick he is, do
1: you? It is really quick. He's just got that big stride, and it, I think he's going to have a lot to offer us in, in time. Um, and I think that yeah, we just need to be patient with him because he's got something. He is. He can have a really good first touch at times. Sometimes he doesn't. He's that sort of physical presence you can play into, and you can play into his chest a lot more. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, you can tell the difference. Obviously, you we expect when when Watkins isn't playing, and I think if he was. Tonight would be a little bit more different. I think it have been a, a bit bigger of a score line, but you know, I I, I I think it was just one of those one of those performances where you maybe could have done more. But you know what, he works so hard. He, mm. he does work really hard, and that that's what should always come first. So yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll be interested to see how he
0: keeps progressing this season. Yeah, definitely. And uh, again, you know, uh, Douglas Louise again. Uh, brilliant on the ball. Kamara obviously does make the mistake he makes. Um, but I thought the halftime analysis was really good, by the way, today on um, on TNT because again, it's the little things you don't notice. But I mean, both Olsen and Kamara see the forward take that forward step towards uh Konza, wasn't it, at center half, and that's why he tries to play the outside ball to the fullback. But again, you know, the striker reads it, plays it, and a fantastic finish that. Goalkeeper has no way of getting to and uh we spoke about like this before, but um if you're blaming the keeper there, Martinez doesn't save that. So, you know. Um it, I think, Again I think it's... a bit of praise as well. Yes,
1: yeah. and awesome. I think I think his playing out from the back was pretty good today. And the it's funny because some of the passes he played that were, you know, close to one of their players, mm. it got a few of the ooze in the crowd. Yeah. But if Emmy makes a pass, it's not as it's not nope. as touching going. For the fans, it was a really good performance on the ball for from Olsen for me, and he didn't really have anything to do save wise. And as you say, no. that their goal Emmy doesn't save that either, and you know, it's not really much you could do about that. And that, that goal, every professional footballer that plays in Kamara's position should, should be scanning two or three times before he receives that ball. So we should know what the what the pressing situation is. So uh, yeah, you know, again, I, I, none of that can go
0: on. Awesome for me, no, definitely not. And uh, mistakes, are football, it's going to happen. So um, not only that, obviously, Olsen played two brilliant balls straight down the field in the second half. Didn't he? one for obviously uh, Duran, and then the second for Bailey. So unlucky not to score. Um, I did celebrate it. I'll be perfectly honest because I was like, that's obviously in. Um, I think Bailey did as well because he started running off towards the corner flag um, which obviously would have sent us through to the round of 16 but it, you know hasn't happened so not to worry about you know we've got a chance to do that in uh, two weeks time I believe is it Zerenski away uh, have I got my maths correct there or is it a couple more extra uh, we
1: we are through to the knockout rounds but we don't top the group unless we yeah. beat Mostar and uh, Alkmaar well if, if Legia don't win yeah. And, you know, we're top anyway.
0: Yeah. So obviously if you finish second, you have that dodgy um playoff round with the Europa League dropouts towards the league. I think that's in January. So you miss out an extra game in January. Um so we just don't want that, really, do we? <laughs> I think we've got enough football to be coming through in the in December that um one less game in January won't hurt. As much as I love watching us play. Um I think United probably hoping we miss that. And it obviously just looks good to top your group, don't it? So Um, I don't have much worries about us in Europe now I think the first game obviously caused a bit of tremors but since then and since obviously the home win as well it's become a bit more comfortable and a bit more sort of right okay this is us this is what we can do Um, and on top of that obviously we've got a bit more confidence in the Premier League away from home uh, winning 2-1 away against Spurs in a game that was difficult to say the least um, I mean, look, I did nearly bring a glass of water. Um, but fortunately, it just it overfilled because as I was walking through, just those tears from uh, <laughs> Hotspur fans just completely overfilled my glass. Um, and obviously, Matty Cash, um, domestic terrorist according to most of these fans, um, because how dare he make a, a tackle in a football game? Um, a straight. It was so strange, wasn't it, that game of football? Because it felt like we all knew the script was going to happen before. And we had that great talk with Dan last week. Um, if you haven't watched it, go listen to it, because it was a really good podcast, Um, where we sort of thought of how the game might go. And, you know, and I was talking about, obviously, how similar it was to me to the home game last year. And it wasn't, uh, if we're perfectly honest, we didn't really turn up for most of the game. um, And we still managed to whilst not performing to our high standards performed defensively to our high standards of you know captain Son offside three times with the um fantastic tiktok from the villa faith uh from the villa um social media team absolutely i don't know what they're on at the moment but it's making me very happy every time i log on to twitter or tiktok with them too so um yeah it was a it was a strange game why not james
1: it was. It was. I, I knew it was still going to be difficult, despite all their injuries. That they, they've still got one a good set of players and two, they've got a really good coach. You know, mm-hmm. I do like Ange. I do like their squad they play really good football, and it was always going to be tough. But their defensive line was pretty good. There was only a couple of moments where I think they switched off a little bit. But yeah. But yeah, um, the the cash incident was. It was just. It was. Part of football, like it was, it wasn't a good tackle, it was late, mistimed, and he caught him on the shin. But you see, that happens so often in football, it's not his fault that Benton Kerr's legs are made out of Mercado sticks. That's yeah. not really much you can do about that. Um, so that is what it is. Um, but in general, the result, you know, you when you're not playing great for the first half, I think the changes second half were, were good, they were needed. Yeah. I think we took a bit more control and we had a bit more threat on the break as well with, with Bailey and and Telemann's been able to drop in and control it a bit more. And then, you know, turning around a, a game like that at one of the top top four opponents, um, you know, getting a win to move us into the top four, leapfrogging them was a really big result. You know, I think that's one of our, one of our biggest results under I because yeah. when when the pressure's on and obviously when you, you're not playing that well to still come out on top, it shows the the coaching, it shows the the sort of threat that we have and the quality we have in the squad and it shows what we can achieve this season so you know having two different games like that one on Sunday and the one tonight coming out with six points um, both of them 2-1 I can't really complain much
0: No and for as many chances as Spurs had their goal took a deflection and you know judging by what it looked like before it came off of uh, Carlos's head it did look like it was probably going straight at Martinez so you know, for, for all that it's worth, for all, you know, their chance of worth and the XG that they lot want to shout out about, um, we really did hold them to to very little in regards to foolproof chances on goal. And I'm um, I, I, I just, I'm so impressed with the fact that we can perform poorly, but because our defensive line is so in line and in tune with each other, that we're still performing defensively well. I think, weirdly enough, it's one of those... So, obviously, we were worried, weren't we, against uh, Forest because, obviously, we weren't on it offensively and we didn't win. And it seems like if we're not on it offensively, we do not win because, again, our defence is so on it. But now it feels like we're so good defensively that you worry. Obviously, you don't worry because it doesn't feel like it's going to happen. But the idea is that the second that breaks down, the system breaks down because we are so reliant upon playing out from from the back and defending where we do with the high line that we need to stop on a high line. Cause it's effectively not. Um, but it is, it, look, it is what it is. It, it's an interesting situation in the fact that we've changed from a team that was so reliant upon a key figure over a few years that we're so now reliant upon a working system. And it is just so much better to watch because it's easier to pinpoint where we're going wrong when we do go wrong, and I think it's better for Unai as well. Um, Great goals as well. We scored two really good goals, another great set piece, and um, like we mentioned before with Tielemans, that ball he plays through to to Watkins, and then Watkins just takes the touch and then slots it home. That is exactly what Watkins would have done two or three times tonight if he was playing, Um, because it's just what he can do. Um, I think tonight will will show why Watkins is as important as he is to us because, again, the the system feels a little bit just out of tune without him. and um, I'm just so happy. I'm really happy for Powell scoring his goal. Um, I'm happy we've annoyed Spurs fans. Um, I'm happy that we're in the top four, which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, top of our group, top four, about to hit the 1st of December. Sky's really kind of the limit for us at the moment, and you know, for for doing as well as we are in in the league and for as well as we are in Europe. Um, J- James can probably start smiling because he feels a, a good segue from here. You know, it's it's like a life of expectations and realizations and thoughts and processes and the way your mindset works. And you know, you think, you know, do, do I, you know, organise or prioritise? And um, maybe you know, there's a question. Would you rather prioritize Europe or the league? Um, you know, they, yeah. they did say I had a future in rap, but um unfortunately, uh, you know.
1: I, I thought that Darren Brown stepped into the podcast then.
0: <laughs> Were you starting to follow my finger where you you know, look at my eyes, my eyes, on the other eyes? Um so obviously I'm not gonna take credit for it, James. You popped out the tweet on the Twitter account, um, at AVFC Faithful Pod. Make sure you go follow it because it's wonderful. And uh you know we just released our Spotify wrapped for the for the year and um me and James were very happy. We had a little little loving session yesterday. um not like that you pervs. um but just just a bit of happiness you know around the way this is going and um big up the 21 top listeners on Spotify if you're listening because um I've gone through the three people I thought it was in my family and it's not them. so um you know we're doing yeah, something right and here. it's not me as well because um it's not um but anyway uh moving on to the actual tweet you tweeted out you know uh would you rather prioritize europe or the league and obviously you know where do you think we need to strengthen in january if possible we'll go on to that bit in a minute i do want to focus on the league prioritization bit um there's quite a few uh we won't go through all 50 um because it's cold uh and you know i I want to make sure that james gets some time on football manager before he goes to bed tonight um because it's only fair um but I'm interested because I think we'll talk about our views towards the end and um, I might try and push us to not be too balanced and pick one if we have to pick one. Um, Some people took it the wrong way, didn't they? and thought that they, this is like life or death and they have to pick. Um, it's just a bit of fun. Uh, it's just yeah, interesting. Sure. We'll go with Kurt first. Kurt picked Europe, Um, you know, because obviously they, he said he's, I see top four is a slight stretch and winning the UECL, which is always hard for me to hear in my head. Uh, lands us in the Europa League. The club is crying out to win something. It's time we did that. Um, it's hard not to agree with that, isn't it, James, really? Uh, yeah. We'll get on to the league league um, conversation in a minute, but uh, we haven't won anything for 20 something. years, 25 years now.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that's 25 or 26, something like that. Um is it
0: 97? 97 League Cup? Yeah, still soon. Something
1: like that. It's been a long time. Um, yeah. I would have been about two when we last won something. So, I was
0: just a mere piece of semen. <laughs>
1: what? <Well>, David. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's not only is it a trophy, but it gets you, you know, a pathway into the Europa League and, Obviously, the Champions League is bigger than the Europa League, but, you know, you have to... I think you have to have moments when you're supporting a football club and winning a trophy is, you know, the biggest moment, isn't it? And although the, I agree Champions League brings a bit more of a sustained success with everything, I think a European trophy of whatever sort of size is just... It would be great. You know, just think about May when... Starting to get a bit sunnier. You've got, you know, coming up to the end of the season just before the Euros and you're one of the last games in a final. And imagine, like, imagine, like, what West Ham went through and you score a last minute winner. Honestly, we'd be going bonkers for,
0: for days. I enjoyed that. I think we should all, <laughs> I think I should do that more often than close my eyes while I listen to you because um, things happen there. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, 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 it's it, obviously. I Villa haven't won anything but a championship in my entire lifetime. So, um, and it's something that hasn't. It's not something that I sit there and think about all the time. Like, oh, we don't win anything. We don't anything because obviously we've come to this realization in football that a lot of the trophies are sort of gate locked, and you kind of have to rely on a lot of luck in order to to get to where you need to. But we're in control of our own destiny for a trophy this year, and it feels like we're finally part of that top club sort of bias bit where you know it shifted more towards us and it's on us to sort of grasp it rather than rely on other people to fall off so um yeah I, I, we are rich to watch us win something uh villa mike puts a uh, league 100 this one i found really interesting so i really wanted to talk about this one because it gained a couple of replies i think kurt even replies to it as well um it says West Ham won the Conference League last season. It's barely spoken about. Newcastle won nothing yet spoken about all the time. Now obviously, Newcastle are a hard example to pick. Um, so what I will do is I'll swap Newcastle out for Brighton there. Um, because again, Brighton had a higher finish, and obviously they talk about how Brighton talked about. Um, it, it it's it's funny because I never noticed it, but we really don't talk that much. We talk about it because obviously it's our competition we're in now. But no one really says European champions or, you know, you know, winners of the cup. It's not like a thing like, oh, West Ham, they won this last year. And, you know, it's obviously to West Ham fans. And I think Kurt mentions that as well. Um, You know, West Ham think can talk about it all the time. Same as Wigan when they won the FA Cup. Trophies, opponent league finishes are not. It's interesting because we don't talk about it unless it's to do with us. No one talks about this to us, but then... It's not really about other people talking about you, is it? But it depends how you view football, isn't it? If you're viewing it just as a fan, I think winning something's more important. But if you're viewing it as how you want the club to be seen and progress and the stature of what brings in and sponsors and money. Yeah. You're looking at league position, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I think when when you are talking about success, sustaining success if you can keep around the Champions League um spots for you know a couple of seasons at least i think that you know just propels you further but you think about those scenes um for west ham as i say how how great that would be to to celebrate the the villa winning something and whether other people talk about it or not is you know that's their business i guess i mean I, i I don't often think about the fact City won a treble last season, I'll be no. honest, they did, and that would have been one of the biggest things that their, the majority of their fans have ever, well, most of their fans, if not all, have ever experienced. Yes. So, it you know, you, you have your own memories of your club and you can even have those special games that you didn't win anything from that you, you enjoy and you always look back on because it is, you know, it's a, a sport to do with that sort of feeling. Yeah. So, for me... I think we're building something anyway, so I, I think I still agree that Europe is is more is what I would, if I had to pick. I'll put that. Yeah, I'll make sure I say that if I had to pick, it, it'd be Europe.
0: If I had to pick, it, it'd be Europe. And again, I also think the idea of it, it's the it, it's really odd to think of it this way, but the idea of watching us play in that final, winning it with the people that I've been watching Villa with. Uh, for the past 10, 15 years is like extremely exciting and would probably go down as like best moments ever. Um, not just in football, but just ever to be able to witness that with them. Um, you know, in the same way that I've witnessed us, you know, draw against West Ham in order to not go down or, you know, you know, beat West Brom in order to get to the playoff final. it's it's things like that, isn't it? And it's moments like you mentioned before and it would be the biggest moment for, well, since 96. So, you know, and, and again, then next year, you're already in the Europa League then. Um, there's nothing to say we can't do both. I'm going to say that. Um, but we the scenario was if you have to pick one. So we are doing that. And we have both gone for Europe, which doesn't surprise me because um just seem to agree on a lot, really. Um, You know, half the nation should be run by James, half of them should be run by me because we'd all just get along. Um, it's it's I've I've been scrolling through while we've been talking there. Uh, it is such an even split um, between the league and Europe. I think it is really divisive. What a great tweet. Um, I wish I could take credit for this now. <laughs> I should have lied. Um, <laughs> but you know it, it it's uh, someone mentioned the FA Cup. I mean we're not even there yet, and you know we will get there, and that will probably be in our minds if you get to the fourth fifth round. You know you'll start thinking, oh well maybe this as well. Um. <laughs> But
1: it'll will be out in the third round surely. You know what our records like <laughs> in the third round at
0: the moment. But again, you you take it if you win the conference. Like no one, cares, you don't care about like last season. We don't care about the caps because we finished where we finished and we got what we got. Again, it's one of those, and it football is so strange that like, no one gives a shit about the Everton game. Well, that yeah, the the world, didn't it? and then you've yeah. gone over it, really.
1: And you think this is how you can you can compare and contrast that, you know, at the time, the Stevenage game was fucking so horrendous.
0: <laughs>
1: and, you know, you're thinking, uh, we've blown a chance at a trophy, which we did, but you, you forget about it when we finish seventh yeah. at the end of the season. But I bet you Stevenage fans think about that night regularly. Yeah. So that's something that they achieved, whether they won something or not. So, it's all as I say, it's all about moments, all about memories. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's how it, that's sort of what settles my feeling.
0: So, obviously, we've done that. Um, I'm happy with that. And again, I, I am very thankful to everyone that has commented uh, on the Twitter, it does help. And we do like to get you guys involved, and we intend to do it loads more. So, do follow, do reply, do chuck comments down below because if you notice if you go back through the pods the second someone does we pretty much talk about it um especially if it is a um rival team fan saying something very silly because we quite like that as well um i want to talk now and i said i was going to talk about it before now i want to because i've read it again and it makes me smile and it makes me sad and i think you kind of want to talk about it as well i'm trying to find the tweet again by John evans 91 And now this is talking about strengthening in January. Now, this is a conversation I want to have with James. James said he was happy to have it. Um, and I, I look up to James and I believe James knows what he's doing. So John Evans91 says, I'd be tempted to try a cheeky bid for the return of Grealish. If we're still fighting for UCL, I imagine he'd be quite up for that. You'd hope so. Uh would probably be a better option than Zaniolo. Imagine he'd fit Emory system well in a few positions too, James. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I I don't see it in January, but I've always had this feeling that for some reason that he'd come back and I don't know, I don't know how it would be received, I feel like it would be very much like Ashley Young because nobody yeah. really liked him, but then when he comes back, everyone was good when, you know, he didn't have his contract renewed, so it's one of those, I think, I mean, a lot of people say that they don't think he gets in Air eleven and I don't know, you know, it's a vital cog in a treble winning side like City, not being able to get in their team, feels a bit, you know, like bitterness coming through still. It is, I don't see him moving yet. I don't see him moving in the summer, but maybe the year after, I could see it. I still think that he's got his part to play at City, but I don't know how anyone could think that he wouldn't have such a big effect on this Villa team. He he plays like he does at City, because that's what he's asked to do. What his role would be here would be different. Because, yes. You know, it's a different sort of style. I think you'd see a bit more fluidity from him. But he's, he's he can keep the ball, you know, in, in pressure moments. He can either win you a free kick or he can just retain the ball and, and calm the the tempo down a bit. He, he would be excellent in this team still. I have no doubt about that. And Just think about what it would be like under Emery. So, yeah, I mean... Look, he's not going to come back in January. I don't think he's going to come back next summer, but I do always get this feeling that he'll end up back at Villa for some reason. I think it's all, I think, always to me, it's how he left that message, you yeah. know, like, so, you say, until next time. Um, I, st- I do think that he, he would be open to it when his job's done at City if we wanted him.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it all comes down to if we want him, I think, because I agree with you. I don't see a position where he's ever. Not wanting to come back, I don't. It doesn't strike me as a situation where that occurs. Um, I think as well. I think it also feels like that because a lot of players don't do this, but it didn't feel like a proper. This going to sound really, really, really like stoppy, Um, but it didn't feel sound like a proper goodbye when he went. Uh, obviously it didn't like he was going, and then all of a sudden he's kind of there in pre-season then one day later he's gone uh it didn't feel right it felt off and it does seem like that's the sort of thing where he comes back and then has his you know next couple of years there and then you know it's it's pre-arranged the end contract it's not getting renewed he you know has like a a big send-off sort of thing and he goes and plays somewhere completely different it does feel like that's the situation um I think 99% of people, if they actually sat down and looked at that as a signing, of course they'd take it. It'd be really silly not to. Um, What, because he's having a few tough matches at, at Manchester City where he's got extreme talent around him that he's got to play against all the time and Pep's now got a winger that wants to run and beat a man and is playing in his position and it's all a bit different and everyone's like, oh, well, You know he wants that, and Grealish isn't doing that, so Grealish must not be in a good anymore. Rubbish. It's uh, he's a fantastic footballer. We'd be very lucky to have him back. Um, of course he gets in our. I think he probably starts for us still. If you know, all right, he probably doesn't start every game because we don't play the same eleven every game. But um, of course he does. Fantastic footballer. I'd love to see him back. But I agree with you. I I think that's a long way away. Um, and uh, I think that it depends on a lot of a lot of changing parts and uh like i said to you before my main problem with getting him in january is it's hard to fit him in and you would probably be looking at um as much as you you mentioned about collecting the pokemon cards um it, you know you would kind of expect to probably then see zaniolo's loan be cut because there is just no space um someone's going to be angry someone's going to be knocking on Unai's door saying why aren't i playing so um but on to the other tweets because there is a lot of tweets about um, our possible January upgrades. Um, you don't win a prize for guessing what position that everyone spoke about because it's the same position we speak about all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So I just need to get this going. So, Uh This Donj says uh, need a right back just like Moreno technically to cover cover cash. Uh, maybe a loan for an experienced striker just in case Watkins gets injured. Um, as you can't rely on Duran, kind of links to what we spoke about earlier, obviously duran still adapts into the Premier League. um keep scrolling down now. Uh, sorry, all of a sudden it's just swapped and gone back all to the European League ones because it's great when wow. uh, Twitter or X does that. Uh, yeah, again, it's not an a, 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 if or all we probably can't spend in January, but if we could, you're looking at a striker to support or challenge Watkins. Uh, long-term, another centre mid. That's something you've spoken about quite heavily. Um, a right-back and a goalkeeper. Uh, again, is a it great how we sort of say things that link to our tweets without even meaning to? Who needs to script a podcast, by the way? We've done this for over a year. I don't see why we'd ever need to script this. These Man, things work really- out by themselves, by the way. Um, when they say anyone can grab a mic and a headset, they're kind of right because you can just chat. And it works because I've managed to link these tweets to our conversation and we haven't even spoke about them. So it's the beauty of podcasting, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, it, I mean, all the tweets, uh, Neil AVFC says right back, a keeper and the league, obviously linking back to earlier. Um, Nathan Haverley says probably need a backup to Emmy, another right back and possibly a striker and another player to play on the left, uh, possibly Somerville. Um, I like how Soma Chuck's a name in there. Great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean all of that focused on, you know, the, the two concurrent themes were a right back and a backup goalkeeper. Um James, what do you think? I think I think I know where we're probably gonna go with this.
1: I think January the only necessity is uh, a right back. <laughs> the, you know, we 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 all, I think everybody that Supports Aston Villa Football Club would say a right back because you you miss out on a lot of concerts work centrally when you put him at right back as much as he's done better there than I thought he might do this season when he's had to play there. I think you want to keep him centrally and dropping Kamara in works. So we need we need a wing back that is good on the ball. We saw at moment in moments today when Tash moved his quick his quick <laughs> when he moved his feet quicker. We we were better down that side then. Like there was one there was one breakaway, he sort of did a double touch and then and made the overlap afterwards. And we, we broke from that because he didn't do that often. So when he did it was really unpredictable. But if we got someone that's sort of like Moreno on the right hand side, yeah. You become a bit wide because when you've got teams in these low blocks, you need those triangles out wide and, and mm-hmm. someone that can beat him and open the space. Moreno can do that, but Cash doesn't do it too often. So yeah, we, we I think that's the area that we do need to look at, and then long term, um, maybe either a succession plan for for Watkins in case he was to leave, or or a centre mid or or a sitting midfielder for me would would be one to look at more in the summer.
0: Oh, I can't wait for us to go through the January transfer window. It's always a bit of fun, um, something different to to spice through. Uh, hopefully, we don't have a Europa League game to uh, to to talk about during then, so that we can. Focus on the trials and tribulations of will we sign a loan, um, which it probably looks like would most likely be what we get. Um, but I agree with you. Right back does seem the way. Uh, a couple of times today, Cash just, uh, I hate digging players out, but um, a couple of times he just he lost the ball and he lost his man. And um, if he puts a couple more hands on a player or if he makes just a wrong touch, they're going down and it's a penalty. So um. Mm-hmm. It is worrying at times, uh, and obviously against Spurs. Um he had a harder game playing forwards again. It didn't seem to work out as well for him. And um, you do want someone that you know is definitely gonna be perfect there. Well, not perfect, but um it, a seven out of ten reliable rather than either an eight and a half or you know, a five point five. So um yeah. yeah, it'll be an interesting January. Um Quick touch upon Sunday before we head off. Um, it's Bournemouth. It's away. Um, it's a Sunday. And drum roll. It's two o'clock. Um, so don't make any plans on a Sunday at two o'clock for the rest of your life, Aston Villa fans. Um, <laughs> I don't think this is as easy as a game as you would expect it to be still. Um, I think it? we are. We, we're in doctrine saying that anyway, but. Bournemouth are a team that will be expecting to try and hold out teams like Villa or Newcastle or Brighton or Man United at home. It's like a 0-0 or, you know, get a 1-0 win. They will be looking to get these results in order to stay up. And, you know, um, was it 3-0 against Sheffield Wednesday? They were 1? I want to say it was 3-0, 2-0, 3-0 or 3-1. Um one. Sheffield I United, think so. I think. I, I think I want to say I said Sheffield United. I said Sheffield Wednesday. Um, yeah. So, uh, I think I still think it's going to be a tough game. I do think we win it, but I think again, it's it's the Europa League lag off that I think is not going to help as well. Luckily, we obviously okay. played at home, which always helps. Um, if if I had to suggest, I actually do think it will be a two-one win away from home. I know that sounds lazy because that's all we've done this week, but. Um, I just think we concede it's not a high-scoring game, but um, I think we just squeak it.
1: Uh, well, I'll start off with a negative stat that we've lost four out of our last five against Bournemouth. Um...
0: One, <laughs> one point, though. That five, the fifth one that we won, is that the 1-0 win away from home in the same season we went down?
1: No, the fifth one is when we beat them 3-0 in uh, February under Emery. Oh, there you go, then.
0: I was worried to yeah, so. say that I was going to make it more negative, so that, that's good. <laughs>
1: that was my that was my leading into a positive point that <laughs> that last game that we played against them was the three 0 at home. Oh um, my god! Our only one that uh, Emery's been in charge of, um, but the vitality we've lost the last two there. We I don't know. I don't like playing there, um, <laughs> but I don't know if I had to predict. I, yeah, I think I'd say we might actually get a clean sheet. A one-nil, um, because oh, it's it's going to be a bit of uh, game management, you know. Because midweek game Sunday, and then we've got Arsenal, you no know, City midweek, and then Arsenal next weekend. So, yeah. it's going to be a slightly, I think, I think it might be a dull game. We've got to have keep our foot on the ball, yeah. Work for the opening, and then you know just manage the game how we need to. That that would be the ideal scenario. Um, we can't let them score early like Forrest did to us. No. Um, and the game state changes everything. But yeah, I'd, I'd go for a 1 0.
0: Well, we take it. Definitely. Oh, be lovely. Um, yeah, an interesting game. It's going to be just to win that and just stay in the top four would be just nice. <laughs> it would just be nice yeah. to, to be there and stay there now for a couple of weeks and just you know, be a bit continuous uh, to carry a win into the following two fixtures we've got would be massive as well. So, um, look, a massive week, we can round this off really well. Um, fingers crossed you'll, you know, enjoy this episode because ugh, love recording straight after a win because the juices are flowing and the positivity is coming out and, oh, can't wait now. Bring on Sunday. Who needs a Friday and a Saturday, eh? Bring on Sunday two o'clock. That's what I want in my life every weekend. Um, beautiful stuff well of course if you did enjoy the episode make sure you like subscribe and um, fondle the notification bell so you never miss another video um, <laughs> um okay. an exciting weekend coming up uh obviously the mighty villa got a chance of staying in the top four uh secured to uh the knockout round of the europe conference league fingers crossed we can secure that top place and uh, avoid an extra game but until next time up the villa up oh, the villa